0: And welcome to the re-read Re, podcast, which is hard to say, but hopefully fun to listen to. In this podcast, we talk about what contemporary writers like you and me can learn from classic literature. Today's topic is Dracula, the problem of Van Helsing, or when plot and character collide. When Van Helsing, the great specialist, in quotes, is introduced, he brings with him what we might call the problem of the expert. We've already talked a little bit about this with Mina. Who's very smart but still can't fully grasp what's happening to her friend Lucy until it's too late. However, that's understandable since Mina is not a vampire expert, whereas Van Helsing is. Simply put, once you bring in the expert, the story is at great risk of slamming to a halt because the expert, if he really is one, is highly likely to solve the story's main problem or at least remove a great deal of its suspense. On the other hand, we don't want to see non-experts, or people who simply refuse or are unable to learn, floundering around for 300 pages either. So the solution seems to be, bring in the expert, but put obstacles in his path so that he's thwarted time and again without losing credibility as an expert. Stoker struggles with this, and not always successfully in the case of Van Helsing. One problem is simple dramatic irony. Readers know what's happening to Lucy, that is, she's having the mortal life drained out of her night after night by the Count, but the other characters don't. This makes for a certain type of suspense, but ends up necessitating some rather unbelievable choices. For instance, Jonathan, recovering in Budapest from his ordeal in the Castle Dracula, hands his quite informative diary over to Mina, but tells her he never wants to read it again, and she agrees never to read it except in the most dire circumstances. Jonathan wants to put the horrors all behind him, see? Meanwhile, the nuns taking care of him in Budapest know darn well what's happening, but they won't speak of it because it's unholy. However, Van Helsing brings in a whole new level of credibility strain. While implementing various temporarily effective treatments against the vampire's visits to Lucy, he tells no one of his suspicions, ostensibly because he wants to be sure before he makes such an extraordinary claim. Just like Carl Sagan said, I guess, extraordinary claims require extraordinary proof or something. Anyway, this leads Van Helsing to not sufficiently explain the importance of various measures. Namely, don't open the windows and don't take off the garlic necklace for the love of God to the other characters, including Lucy herself. Also, conveniently, Lucy's mother has a fatal heart condition, which means she can't be told anything, lest she risk dying of shock, which, spoiler, she does anyway, Also, Lucy's fiancé's father is sick, so he has to be away and can't help out, etc., etc. Van Helsing himself has a convenient way of being in Antwerp, or asleep in a chair, when he is most needed. But is he just being pushed out of the way by Stoker in these cases to make way for the plot, or is there something about Van Helsing himself that makes him a flawed expert and perhaps a more realistic character in the bargain? We are given to understand that Van Helsing has a sly sense of humor and a big personality, "'Also he's foreign, so he talks funny. "'How appealing these features are is another question. "'From Dr. Seward's Diary. "'Found Van Helsing in excellent spirits, and Lucy much better. "'Shortly after I had arrived, a big parcel from abroad came for the professor. "'He opened it with much impressment, assumed, of course, "'and showed a great bundle of white flowers. "'These are for you, Miss Lucy,' he said. "'For me? Oh, Dr. Van Helsing. "'Yes, my dear, but not for you to play with. These are medicines.' Here Lucy made a wry face. "'Nay, but they are not to take in a decoction or a nauseous form. So you need not snub that so charming nose, or I shall point out to my friend Arthur what woes he may have to endure in seeing so much beauty that he loves so much distort. Aha, my pretty miss, that bring the so nice nose all straight again. This is medicinal, but you do not know how. I put him in your window, I make pretty wreath, and hang him round your neck, so you sleep well.' "'Oh, yes. They, like the lotus flower, make your trouble forgotten. "'It smells so like the waters of Lathe, and of that fountain of youth that the conquistadors "'sought for in the Floridas, and find him all too late. "'Not for you to play with. You need not snub that so charming nose. "'Ick, ick, ick. I know all the other characters treat Lucy like a child, "'and that is meant to indicate both their kindness and her irresistible womanly innocence.' but Van Helsing's supposedly erudite babbling, combined with his condescension and the weird attempt at having an accent, just does not inspire confidence. The scene above goes on. Whilst he was speaking, Lucy had been examining the flowers and smelling them. Now she threw them down, saying, with half-laughter and half-disgust, "'Oh, Professor, I believe you are only putting up a joke on me. Why, these flowers are only common garlic.' To my surprise, Van Helsing rose up and said with all his sternness, his iron jaw set and his bushy eyebrows meeting—' no trifling with me i never jest there is grim purpose in what i do and i warn you that you do not thwart me take care for the sake of others if not for your own then seeing poor lucy scared as she might well be he went on more gently Oh, little miss my dear do not fear me I only do for your good, but there is much virtue to you in these so common flowers. See, I place them myself in your room. I make myself the wreath that you are to wear. But hush, no telling to the others that make so inquisitive questions. We must obey, and silence is a part of obedience, and obedience is to bring you strong and well into loving arms that wait for you. Now sit still a while. I think we are to take this sudden flare-up of temper, add it to the general loopiness of speech and affect, and be convinced that Van Helsing is eccentric, and therefore a genius. His frequent lapses in the early going are meant to be products of circumstance, not the results of his own failings. But what if the reverse were true? What if he is a self-defeating genius, one who secretly has a fear of success, and so undermines his own efforts with trips to Antwerp? What if, deep down, he admires the Count and wants to be a vampire himself, so that his tormented subconscious causes him to carry out the Count's wishes even as he seems to be fighting him? I'm pretty sure this is not what Stoker is up to. Beyond the terrific character of Mina, Stoker's just not that much for characterization, even though I think there's more to some of these people than other books of this ilk tend to offer. But what about those of us who want to bring experts into our own fiction without making their work too easy? We could, for example, introduce psychic flaws that could cause them to doubt or undermine their own expertise. We could make them irresponsible or impulsive or forgetful. Even in a more plot-based work, though, these flaws must come from the character and not from the requirements of the plot. And I think that's where Stoker fails. In the case of Van Helsing, anyway.